Wow. I'm, I'm just grateful. And, and, and you guys know that this whole, this just having a church, having a Bible study to start with, you know, was, was really the Lord and, and uh, wasn't something I was looking to do, you know, but God led that and, and then going to doing a church. And I remember the first, our first, um, our first, our very first fellowship meeting and Bible study we had, very first one we had. And I remember uh, uh, Jamie was like, um, Jamie and Corey, he's like, yeah, this will be a church. <laughs> he just looked around. He goes, yeah, God's going to do something here. And, and I wasn't intending at the time, but, you know, so praise God. And you never know what God's going to do, right? You, you just never know sort of the path he has you on, you know. You kind of just, you kind of go along with life and you kind of just, you think you have your day's plan, don't you? You, you kind of think that you know how your life's going to go on. And it's never in your radar screen what God wants to do. Life never goes according to your plan. Sometimes God... Um, he kind of, you know, we gives God, we give God our, our flight plan, and he kind of chuckles. <laughs> he says, "Oh, he thinks he's going to do this." <laughs> oh, and she's, I think he has fun, and uh, because we think that the ultimate thing about about life and the Christian life is um, is getting somewhere, right? We think, we think that it's getting to a place, right? We think it's getting to a destination, right? I mean, it's always, you know, in our mind, are we there yet, God, right? Because we think getting there is, that's the answer. You know, if I, well, I just, if I just change where I live, you know, then I'll be happy, right? Or if I change my job, or if I change my spouse, or, you know, change... All the kind of stuff you think will answer it, you find out, oh, it's the same issues that I had before. When God takes you on a journey, it's not always the destination that's, the, that's really the, the thing you, you know, are headed for. Um, <clears throat> it's always the journey and the destination. It's always, it's, it's, it's not the, the final thing. Of course, the final thing for us is going to heaven, right? Yes, we know that. But in life... The final thing isn't always what we think the final thing is. And we lose sight of the fact that in the midst of us traveling someplace with the Lord, that we're traveling with the Lord. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's the fact that, w- that we're with Him. And we get so caught up in the fact that we're not where we think we ought to be, that we're actually where we should be, right with Him. I don't know. I'm just... I'm just I don't know. Um, so as as so as 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 we're you know we're doing this we're doing this church we're doing life we're doing you know and you're living the Christian life and you're setting out your goals your identities all. Let's not forget what this the very very crucial thing is is God's first of all God's got it all worked out right. Like there's not going to be a decision on your part that's going to throw him off course. Right? There, there's not going to be something that you think that will get his plan off kilter. In fact, there may be things in your own plan that you think is good for his plan. <laughs> See, um, when, you, when you think about it, us being in this building, us being here, or, or you in your Christian life, or in you in your personal life, never goes to plan, according to plan. Ever. It never goes according to your plan. That's why some of us get frustrated, don't we? We get all bent on shape because our day is not happening the way we envisioned it. Can I get an amen? amen? Come on now. That's right. We get so frustrated. When, if they just listen to me, if they just do, if that person just drove how I would have them to, come on. Oh, excuse me. But we're like that because we have this mentality of that we're we're on the we're in the steer we're steering the ship, Lord. Jesus, take the wheel. No, no, I got the wheel just fine, Lord. I know what I'm doing with my life. I got it under control. 
So, you know, just it's, and I'm learning this personally, is it's okay for days not to go your way. It's okay for situations not to go according to your plan. I do know this, that along the way of our journey as a church or as, as your journey as a Christian with the Lord, there, there's, there's one truth that, 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 if it's the only thing you'll you, you, you hear from me today, it's the only thing is God is faithful. That, that, that's, if that's all we get, God is faithful. See, when Jesus calls the disciples, he says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, right? Great, Lord, we're going to go somewhere, we're going to go fishing for men, whatever that looks like. At the end of their life, Jesus says to Peter, follow me. Lord, what about this gentleman? What about John? The Lord says, if I want him to stay until I come back, you, that, what is it? That's, that's none of your business. You follow me. And then he says this, at the end of your life, you're gonna, you, see, you went in your life however you want it to go, but at the end of your life, someone's going to take you and force you to do something that you don't want to do. Basically, you're going to be crucified, you're going to be killed. Here's, so I look at the first thing of what Jesus says, follow me and make your fishers of men. And I contrast that with the end of Peter's life where somebody takes him and tradition says he was crucified and he says, I don't want to be crucified like my Lord. I'll do it upside down. Okay? You say, well, well great destination, Lord. You led him along the way. and Wow, was that really where you wanted to be? No. What's the difference? Along the way, there was the faithfulness of God. And along the way, Peter knew and understood and grew in understanding of what it means for God to be with him. <clears throat> so, this has nothing to do, uh, has something to do with whatever we're going to talk about, but go to, uh, go to the book of Deuteronomy. And I just want to, just because I'm, I'm reflecting on God's faithfulness, okay? I'm reflecting on this, on the Christian life, and, and there's times in your Christian life when, when you question is God faithful? Um, in, in the book of Deuteronomy, and Deuteros means second, Namas means law, second law, it's like the second giving law, and Deuteronomy, I can't speak English, let alone Hebrew, or whatever language it is. <laughs> I want you to go to chapter 7. And just, if just for a few minutes, I just want to reflect on something. And Deuteronomy is, is Moses is giving a couple sermons at the end of, it's sort of towards the end of his life. Moses is with the children of Israel, and he's gone through a lot with Israel. He's been traveling in the, de- in the de- wilderness for 40 some odd years. The generation that came out of Egypt during the Exodus, and they came out of Egypt, and they got to the edge of the land. They were just about going, and then they got fearful, and then they had to go back and, and wander for 40 years. That generation died. Now it's their kids who have grown up. And he's getting this generation ready to now enter into the promised land. Okay? He's preparing them to now live in the promised land. And what he says in, in, uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 7, he says in verse 6, he says, For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The, the Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his own possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any of the peoples, for you were the fewest, but because the Lord loved you and kept the oath which he swore to your forefathers. The Lord brought you out by the mighty hand 
and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of the Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps his covenant and his loving kindness to a thousandth generation with those who love him and keep his commandments. Moses says, let me read it again. He says, know, therefore, that the Lord your God, he is God, the what? The faithful God. Now, here's an interesting point, is as I'm thinking about and reflecting on God being faithful, there, there's, three, there's really three stages of when you, in your walk with God, there's really three stages of you can be at, either in your life or in your facing situation. The first stage is this. Will God, will God be faithful? <laughs> Lord, I'm facing something. Will he come through? I'm, I'm worried about something. The Lord this, right? Will God be faithful? That's the first stage. The second stage is this. Hey, God, you have been faithful, but I got something new I'm facing. Will you be faithful now? I know you've been faithful in the past. Will you be faithful in the future? You get that? How many of you guys are like that? Come on, you know, Lord's been faithful to you, and then you face something new. You're like, but this is something different, Lord. This is a new day, a new circumstance, a new trial, new temptation. What about now? Can you be faithful here? That's the second stage. The third stage is this. This is where Moses is at. Third stage is God will be faithful. Because he has been faithful. He is faithful. He will be faithful. You see that? See, there's a transition. It's like this. Okay, let's just be real. Lord, nobody's going to come to church tonight. <laughs> Lord, will you bring people to church tonight? <laughs> Lord, I know you've brought people in the past. Come on now, but this is a new Sunday. And technically, I'm the only one who has to be here. Okay? I'm the only one, really, I'm on my face before God, asking, begging God to give me a word from him, I'm praying, I'm doing everything I know how to do, I'm studying, and I'm, you know, and then we're trying to manage the the, the food and the balloons and all the kind of stuff, oh yeah, we have to have communion, special singing, all this kind of stuff, okay, we got all this going on, Lord, will you be, I know you've been faithful in the past, but what about today? I am not talking to anybody here, but it's so weird. Like, <laughs> I keep bumping this. The transition is this, Lord, you have been faithful to me in the past, and I know you'll be faithful today. No matter who you bring, you're going to be faithful because you're a faithful God, right? That's it. That's it. Moses is doing this. He is talking to this new generation who's been wandering in the desert for 40 years. They were little kids when they came out of Egypt. Maybe they didn't remember the whole plague thing. But God provided for them. And now they're about to enter into a new situation. And Moses, who's been through all the, the whole three stages, says, listen, God will be faithful to you. Now here's the test. As you transition into the promised land, you're going to have to remember that. Because you'll be faced with the same Lord, will you be faithful? Here's the point. Okay, who's the next? Who's, who comes after Moses? Joshua. Look what, look what God says in Joshua 1. Joshua takes place, he takes over for Moses. So when you read the end of Deuteronomy, Joshua, Moses dies, Joshua takes over. Right? Now he's about to lead. In. And in Joshua chapter 1, Verse 2, God says to Moses, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. In every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I, I have given it to you just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the Euphrates, on down. Verse 5, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Joshua, I will be faithful to you just like I was faithful to to Moses before you. 
Joshua is going to need that. Why? Because he's going to be faced with this situation. This is a new place. There's giants in this land. There's walled cities in this land. We've never faced this kind of thing. We don't even have an army. This is Joshua having to lead. And Joshua has to be this leader who says, God's going to be faithful and be with us. He's got to rally his people and say, trust the Lord, right? Let's, let's, let's reflect here for a second. God, will you be faithful? This is the biggest question in the first five books of the Old Testament. It starts off with Abraham. Genesis 12. Go to Genesis 12. Let's go there. Let's go to the history lesson here. Genesis 12. God, will you be faithful? Will you be faithful? Well, look, what, look, look in Genesis chapter 12. It starts with Abraham. The Lord, the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country, from your relatives and your father's house, to the land which I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. First thing. Abraham, go. Abram, go. To a land I'm going to show you, and I'm going to give you all this blessing. I'm going to make you a father of a multitude. I'm going to give you land. I'm going to make you a blessing to the whole world. I just imagine Abraham went back home and told Sarah, Sarah, pack your bags. God's going to give us children. <laughs> she says, from who? <laughs> Over my dead body. <laughs> You're not touching me. <laughs> I already got my ARP card, Abram. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not. And Abram went believing that God would be faithful to his promise. And along the journey, you know the story, along the journey, it was, but Lord, but Lord, what about my servant? But Lord, I'm old, my wife's old, we're barren, how is this going to happen? All along the way, in the Old Testament, all along the way, the question was this, will God fulfill his promise? Will he be faithful to what he promised? Now, God didn't give them a situation that they could handle. God never does that, does he? If you want to see his faithfulness, he will put you in positions and situations where you can't handle it. I'm not talking anyway, I guess. I'll just, just, I'll just retire. When God wants to show his faithfulness, it will be in a situation that you can't handle. How else are you going to see God's faithfulness come through Unless you have to do some leaning on somebody, right? Unless you have to lean on God who says, I will be strong and faithful to you. If it's you handling and say, okay, God, I'll just manage a little bit here, but I can do the rest, you know, you don't see that God's faithfulness. How else do you learn to see the power of God, the promises of God, the, the, the God's presence? God says this, I'm sitting here, I'm worshiping, Right? And God says this to my heart. He drops, you know, he drops thoughts to my heart, okay? It's not weird. It's just, it's just communication. You know, we, are, we are in a relationship, right? <laughs> he says, you focus on me. Don't get so worried about people who's here or not here. It's me. Lean on me. I'm your focus. Sometimes we find our, 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 uh, our, uh, ourselves in uncharted territory and new situations and new people and all the more to lean heavily on the faithfulness of God. Will you be faithful? Abraham says, I believe you'll be faithful. Look, at, look what he says. Look what happens in, in uh, Genesis 22. We know that Abraham's going through a testing time. He's, God has been 
promising him stuff. Genesis 12, Genesis 17, Genesis 22. Well, actually, go to, go to I'm sorry, Genesis 17. I, I'm kind of like just going all over the place now. Genesis 17. God says to Abraham, now when he's 99 years old, I hope I'm still living when I'm 99 years old. <laughs> he's 99 years old. The Lord appears to him. He says, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. By the way, he called them, what, 15 years prior, is it? And still no children. Now, I don't know about you, but we are on a short attention span this in our, right? If God doesn't respond to you like that, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of stuff, right? Instant six. We would have, how many would have given up on this God? I will make you, I will do for you, and time, tick-tock, tick-tock goes by, nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens. I'm getting older and older. I'm pulling my back out now. I'm getting failure. I'm taking calcium deposit. No, I'm not calcium. No. <laughs> I'm getting old. Time's ticking away. My biological clock is going away. And still nothing. I don't know about you, that's a test. Will you come through, God? God says to him, Abram, 99 years old, I will establish my covenant between you and between, I will multiply you exceedingly. Abraham falls on his face and God talks with him. He says, listen, my covenant is with you. And you will be a father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham, and I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. Okay, he's 99 years old. God says, I will do this, and so far nothing's happened. If that's not a test of God's faithfulness, I don't know what it is. Now, here's the thing. Now, we know Abraham's the, the, the ultimate example of faith, but all along the way, there's something that's developing in you as you're waiting on God and trusting Him. He's developing your character. He's developing your faith, your trust, your patience. Things you cannot do just by reading a book. Things you cannot, that cannot grow in you because you went to a seminar. When you are forced to have to wait on God and lean on God and plead for God to do something. Have you guys ever, anybody ever have to lean on God? Come on. Where you had, you expended all of your resources. You've tried every single way to make things happen and change and nothing, right? And God strips that all away. And finally it's like, okay, Lord, finally I'm here and I've, I finally come to my sense. I, if you don't come through, nothing else will happen. Lord, we've fished all night, caught nothing. Lord, unless you come through, nothing will happen. That's what I'm talking about. That does not come without having some time of waiting and leaning and wondering and trusting. Is this God dependable? Can He come through? What about this? What about that? But Lord, do you even care about what I'm facing? And He does. He is a faithful God. But He's growing you. He's growing you right now. Lean heavily in him, on him. I don't know who I'm talking to other than myself. I'm talking to, preaching to. But lean heavily on God. He is a faithful God. Genesis 22, he's told to offer up his, his son Isaac. Watch this. In Genesis 22, I want you to go to um, Genesis 22. And I want, to, I want to show you something. In Genesis 22, we see uh, Abraham's progression. <clears throat> it says, Abram's, uh, God says to Abraham, hey, take your son, your only son, verse 2, whom you love, Isaac, and go and offer him as a burnt offering. Okay, this is the promise you've been waiting for. You've been trusting and waiting and hoping on the faithfulness of God. He comes through, God gives him, Ab- uh, gives him Isaac. Great, fantastic. Isaac's probably maybe 12 or 13 years old at the time. He's a young lad. Look at, look, at, look at Abraham as he is trusting in God. Verse 8. Or verse, um, uh, verse, uh, f- verse 5. 
Abraham says to the, to the young man, hey, stay here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go over there, and we will worship and do what? We'll come back. We'll return to you. Abraham is at the point of his faith where he says, I know God will do something, because we're going to go and worship, and we're going to come back. I don't know if Abraham could have said that years before. I don't know if he could have, if he was at that point, but this is the point where God is bringing him. Listen, that's why sometimes when we go in life, we go through trials, and it's like, okay, is this the last trial of my life? You ever wonder that? You know, you go through trial, like, can this be the last one? Can this be the last? And I graduate from trials, right? And the next one's like, oh, where did this come from? When will it end, right? It's more refining, it's more growing, it's more maturing, it's more leaning, it's more purifying, right? Here's the thing, though. The last trials you had were necessary to bring you to the point you were at to face the new trial. Because you observe God's faithfulness in the past, and you lean on that, you've grown, and you've grown, and grown. Hopefully you've come to the place to say, I and the lad will go. We will go and worship, and we will come back. Keep, keep reading. Verse, verse 7. Isaac speaks up. Hey, hey my father, <laughs> here I am, my, my son. Uh, We've we got fire. We, we, we've got wood, but where's, where's, where's the lamb? <laughs> um, there's a scene. There's a scene in... in, in um, in, in, in the, one of the, you know the movies that came out, um, not the Jesus one, but the one of the Bible, you know they did the Bible series, um, the, the producer, what's his name, he did the, 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 the shows. Anyway, there's a scene and he captures it so well, I wish I had the clip, where he goes through and is getting ready to, to, to do this to Isaac, to sacrifice Isaac, and they, he captures it so well where on where he knows what's where Abraham has this look on his face where he's gonna be faithful to God because God's been faithful to him, but he's <laughs> he's sort of on the edge. And meanwhile, back at home, Sarah realizes that Abraham didn't take a lamb with them, and she realizes something's up and she has this look of horror on her face when she goes to the in the in the movie she goes to the to the lamb pen or whatever it is and realizes there's no lambs missing and she realizes that something's up and the scene is that where she's running is as as the the look of horror on her face that maybe my baby's gone right meanwhile I, Abraham has tried to sacrifice. God says, no, 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 no. <laughs> and stops it, right? He says, but pause. Here I am, Father. Where's the, where's the lamb? Where's the, where's the lamb? God, and Abraham says, God will provide for himself the lamb, the burnt offering. Here's Abraham. God's going to provide because he's faithful, right? He promised me certain things, and I know he's testing me. Now, back to the scene. This has nothing to do with faithfulness. Well, it does have to do with faithfulness, but it's kind of interesting to see. They get, they get done with what they're doing, and the scene is this. They're walking back. They're like going uphill in the scene. Abraham is ahead of, of Isaac. Isaac's behind. And Abraham comes over the ridge, and Sarah is running and looks and sees Abraham come over the ridge and no Isaac. And she's horrified. And then Isaac comes over the ridge. <laughs> Abraham trusts the faithfulness of God to the point of even coming close to sacrifice. Now, that's, but he would not have been there had he been not going through. Does that make sense? What is God asking you in your life to trust him with?
Are you asking, will he be faithful? Are you facing something new that you can't handle? Are you saying, Lord, I know you've been faithful to me in the past, but what about now? God's a faithful God. God is a faithful God. Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me. Oh, by the way, if you want to follow me, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Follow me and I will do something with your life. There is a promise of God when we trust his faithfulness. There's a journey that we travel where we, we have to lean heavily on the faithfulness of God to come through. He's faithful. Lamentation says, The Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. O Lord, O God of hosts, who is like you? Mighty Lord, your faithfulness surrounds you. Where are you on the stages? God, will you be faithful? God, you have been faithful. What about now? Or, I know that God will be faithful because he has been faithful and he is faithful. Maybe you're carrying a burden that is too heavy for you to carry. And uh, you're learning to lean heavily on Him. God says, I will be with you. I will... I will never leave you. And my plans for you, I will make them come to pass. You guys got really quiet. <laughs> I mean, I'm self-confident. Confident, or self, what's the word? Not self-confident, self-conscious. <laughs> I'm trying to watch the time. I'm trying to, it's like, you know, God is faithful, even when it looks like he's doing nothing. When it looks like all hope is gone, when it looks like you're, you're the one left. Paul says, Paul says, um, everyone's left me. Demas has left me. Everybody else has left me. Luke's with me. Let, he's, um, but he does say this, but the Lord is with me too. We're going to look back on our, on our lives, and, and I pray that we will look, at, look back and say, man, God was faithful. I had no idea how faithful he was there. Man, did he come through. That was a difficult time I went through, and I look back and say, wow, God carried me through that time. You know, I just want to, um, as sort of like, sort of a lead into, is anyone, I'm going to have a little short sharing time of, of maybe there's, you can reflect on maybe this past year of God's faithfulness in your life. And maybe if you want to share um, a testimony of, of God doing something like that, of God answering prayer or coming through in a way that you leaned heavily on him and he was faithful to you. I mean, God is faithful. Uh, his faithfulness uh, is something that he continues to be. 
He will always be faithful when others aren't faithful. He will always come through when others don't come through. He's always, always will bring about his plan for your life. Anyone want to share? A, uh, I know we have a very shy group. I know that. We're very quiet and reserved. We are. We're, we're, we're contemplative. Maybe we should bring some Gregorian chant. And <laughs> chant. <laughs> but if anyone has a, just a testimony of, of just maybe expressing thanksgiving for God's faithfulness because that's what we're doing as a church one year. God's been good to us. Amen. Derek. Hey, how are you guys doing? Um, this last year I've grown um, probably I've realized that Satan loves to steal your joy. And he will use anything and everything in his power to, to do that. He doesn't care about your finances. He doesn't care about your health. And it was so crazy because I've been getting hit. Usually you get hit with threes. Now we're getting hit with eights, tens. And I literally go, Lord, help. I mean, that's my prayer. I literally, is like, I'll be just in my truck, work. I go, Lord, help me, help me. And that's my prayer. And I've learned just to depend on him. And I've grown. And one time I was so burned out, I couldn't wait to get home. And I'm driving my son's car. We bought this $800 car. It's been a blessing. It has the coldest ice-cold air you ever have in your life. <laughs> so I drove his car, and I left my 98 Ford Escort at home. And I'm like, man, this is a cool car. This is awesome, Lord. This is awesome. I come driving home. I had just paid for uh, four tires. I had a blowout on my other car, another blowout, and then boom, another blowout on my son's car. I go, Lord, and I was just so tired. I had worked for about almost 12 hours, and I'm on my way home. I'm going, Lord, why? You know how tired I am. I'm so worn out. I need to get home. It was 8 o'clock at night. I was like, Lord, please help me. Please help me. I go. I get the spare. I literally, this was crazy. I try to take the tire off. Snap, 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 snap. All five bolts snapped off. Now, had I got on the freeway, I probably would have rolled the car, whatever. So I started thanking the Lord. Okay, Lord. There's a reason why you had me drive the car. Thank God my wife wasn't driving it. Thank God my son wasn't driving it. And I'm like, okay, what message are you trying to teach me here? So I called a buddy of mine. We towed it to the house. And now I'm just going to junk the car. And I just like gave it up. And now I'm like, okay, Lord, you're in control. I'm not. And I've learned just slowly, just every day, I'm like, okay, you're not going to steal my joy no matter how bad it gets. You're in control. I'm not, because I like to be in control, and I've learned just to let it go, like literally let it go, so if that can help you guys in any way, and I've been hit medically this year, uh, health-wise, anything, every angle you can imagine, we've been hit, but God is faithful. Amen. Somebody else want to share maybe testimony of God's faithfulness to you, or just a God help me, because I am probably more nervous than all y'all put together. <laughs> um, recently, God has been just doing an amazing work um, and just showing me how he sees me. <laughs> um, I had a vision while I was praying um, of me being a little girl, um, going through like flashbacks of what happened in my past and um, all of a sudden like Christ appears in that moment and um, couldn't see his face he doesn't let me see his face but um, he picks me up and he carries me out of there and um, to show me that he's always been there even though that was a horrible time. And so um, 
he takes me to this place that's, um, you know, tranquil, like where I can rest. And I'm crying, like just, um, just in awe that he came for me. Like he came to get me, like rescue me. Um, and he dries my tears, you know, and he lets me wait, like, you know, or gives me time. Um, and then he, like, pulls out this flower. Um, and I didn't know the name of the flower at the time, but it was a white Gerbera daisy. And it's like one of those daisies, like, that have the black center in the middle. Um, and I'm looking at it like, you know, like, he wants to give me a gift. <laughs> um, and so I take it, you know, not really knowing what to do with it. And I'm also kind of wondering, why did he give me this flower? Like, what's, why didn't he give me a a sunflower, like a rose, or, you know, why this one? Um, So I'm, like, observing the flower, and it's almost as if, like, my childlike instincts took over, so I, like, you know, put it in my hair, like, pin it back, and just start wearing it. And I, even though I couldn't see him, he was smiling, like, you know, that's my girl. (laughs) So, after all that, I was just, like, blown away. I go online, and, you know, I know that fact-checking online is not the greatest, but, you know, I was just curious to see what that flower symbolized. Because, you know, people give flowers as gifts for a certain... uh, like a special occasion or whatever so I looked and I saw that you know they they're used for weddings um but it also symbolizes innocence and purity and I was just like oh my god like he he sees me as that like that is so extraordinary because I've never I've never felt that inside And so, and I've always felt ashamed because I thought, man, why can't I get this in my head? Why can't I just get it? But here he comes, like, just gentle and faithful and and saying, reminding me, here, this is for you. This is who you are. This is how I see you. So... I don't know if we have any tissues because <laughs> thank you for sharing that, Natalie. God has ways of of of, uh, of speaking to us, you know, um, that He's with us. Um, you can have people all around you talking at you and trying to help you and it just doesn't you still feel like you're alone you know and God has ways of stepping into the scene so to speak and ministering to that need that's the, that's the kind of guy we 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 serve we we serve a, a good and faithful God. Tom. As you know, uh, we started the business and you know, we're millionaires. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if anything, it's like uh the financial burden just like hit and I'm like, okay, we're you're behind this and I know you're behind this and so we've been really recounting like in the past where God has really been faithful and I read a lot of Psalms because I really can relate to David and uh, on the 16th I was reading and the headline was I will not abandon 
my soul, or you will not abandon my soul. Um, and that just, that, that whole 16 just really encouraged me. I texted Stacy and was just like, you know, hey, it may not be going our way, but he's with us. And, you know, and just, you know, just, I mean, when you get down and you get discouraged, go to the scriptures. Don't go to TV. Don't go to the radio. Don't go to the internet. You know, get into the word and find, you know, that special word for you, you know, and God has it, you know, and maybe it's not the way I want it to be. And I know he's called me to this and it's been a struggle, but I'm not quitting. You know, it's like I feel like I'm in over my head, you know, but as um, Hawk Nelson said, he's creating diamonds out of us. And, you know, I don't like being on the polishing stone. (laughs) I really don't. Uh, but that's, you know, that's what he's doing in us. And, you know, it's really been encouraging. It's really been really stretching our faith because it's like, okay, you know, just hang on till, you know, this or just, and just really just hanging on with each other just to say, hey, we're going to get through this. You know, it may not be my situation. It may not be the way we need it, but it's always God's timing is perfect. And it's just, I wish it would be a little faster, to be honest, but um, that's not the way he works. God will bring you um, in this in this walk of faith with him uh, in such a way that that had you not walked with him you would not be the person you are. Um, He's not finished. He's he's still working on us, right? Um, And even when we we think either, A, I'm so far gone, Lord, I'm, I'm a lost cause, or I'm I'm doing great, God. <laughs> Either way, when we go into heaven and talk with others, we're going to be able to share stories of man. God was so faithful. I didn't see him in this valley, but he was there. He brought me through. I didn't know how. But praise God. We'll be able to have those conversations that even angels don't have conversations about because they can't look back and say, God was faithful to me. They're angels. But we can. The most awesome example of faithfulness comes in John chapter 13. I'm going to read it to you. We're going to have communion. Maybe Tom or CL, if you want to help. It says, Now before the feast of Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, that he would depart out of this world to the Father, listen to this, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. That means that Christ's love was a faithful love that to the very point of being crucified, that was why he came. He was faithful to that, to that cause, faithful to loving us to the end. And this is where he uh, washes the disciples' feet and he gives them an example and he talks about his last, uh, his last hours. Christ's, ex- Christ's crucifixion and his willing sacrifice proves God's faithfulness. It demonstrates the faithfulness of God. And so we're going we're gonna to have communion as a church. And if there's any doubt about God's faithfulness, when we take communion, let that be a reminder that you know, God is faithful. There's two cups, so grab, grab them both. There's...
Thank you.